So, Ty, introduce our topic for today. Hey, guys. So, we're going to be talking about uh, living up to the stereotypes that people basically instill on you in a society full of steep jobs. Basically saying how in this generation, because of our ages, a lot of people feel that they are trying to satisfy the idea of living a steep job, Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah Winfrey kind of lifestyle between the ages of 20 to 30. And it's also hard because as us being minorities, it makes it even harder for us to satisfy that type of goal. Even though we all have the same goals at this age, it just makes it harder for us to feel like we can reach that that type of status that everyone wants to achieve as well. Yeah, I know I'm definitely dealing with that. You know, me and you in school. We, you know, everybody wants to... Be on top, make the most money, you know, be the most successful. I know for me, my whole thing, I was like, Oprah, like, my whole thing's Oprah. Like, I want to be like Oprah. But having that standard that's, like, so high, not, like, knocking ourselves down to being less, but, like, it is kind of a high standard, you know? Exactly. It really is. And it's it's crazy because we created it ourselves, Mm -hmm. even though we're, like, we're in this generation, this time period, but it seems like it's normal, but it's really not. <laughs> it's it's really not. <laughs> and then you have to, like, take a step back and, like, like, you have a leg up on people, but, and realize it. Like, most people don't exactly. even realize it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just crazy because the way that we're raised compared to how our parents were raised, a lot of us already had that leg up. Because some of our parents weren't middle class. Some of them were more upper class. And we got that financial background that helped us become more successful than our counterparts and people that just don't have that same type of background that we do. Like some of our parents are doctors, lawyers. Some of them are high-paid teachers. Some of them are even professors. And some students don't have to pay for um, for college like a lot of other people do and because of that they get that one leg up into becoming more successful and being able to finance their own businesses because they don't have debt or being able to just skip the whole college university <laughs> aspect that most normal people want to go through right. and then just have a whole business like a Snapchat or a Twitter company <laughs> is that easy <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's really crazy because they just bypass everything and you're just like how the heck did you get to that point and I'm I feel like I'm still behind especially as a minority you always feel like you're behind because people always look at you as a as a lower person mm-hmm. hello like, oh. yeah <laughs> I thought it went out um But yeah, I know for me, you're right about even the whole college thing, having a leg up, like my mom had to pay for college herself and Mm -hmm. I don't have, like I have loans and stuff. I have to pay that off, but I've had her help and that is a leg up. And I do have, um, I am creating my own business and it is that easy. It's just about, you know, the hard work aspect, but being realistic, like you're not really behind. You're just where you need to be right now. Mm-hmm. And so, so like I, you make yourself yeah. 
So, like, what's right now? Like, what's your personal experience with this? So, personally, I'm literally just give you a whole background in my whole life. Okay. So, uh, both my parents are minorities. My mother is an African woman. My grandparents are Nigerian, so my mother is full Nigerian. Oh, that's cool. Uh, my grandparents were born in Nigeria. They came over here, but they came to they migrated to um, England, and they lived in England for probably I want to say ten years. And then they had my mom in America, so my mother is a first generation Nigerian. Um, my father was born in Jamaica, so he's Jamaican. Not too sure what his background truly is, because you know Jamaica is a mixing pot of all different cultures mm-hmm. and ethnicities. My family is <laughs> so, Jamaican. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, but as I know, my dad is Jamaican. He is uh, full Jamaican based off of what my grandparents are, to my belief. Um, and my dad was born in St. Catharines, Jamaica, and he came to America at the age of 18, I believe. So, he is a first-generation American Jamaican as well. And being raised with those two cultures, they automatically stereotype. So, you know, for Africans, the stereotype is, you know, we come fresh off the road. We don't really have many resources. Uh, we don't have the best educational systems, even though that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the best morals because we kill people, basically. We are not, we're basically not um, society's version of normal, the normal black person. Yeah. We even look to as that from African-Americans. So it's even even a race war between people that are your own color. So that's one of the stereotypes that fit with the African um, viewpoint that everyone gives us. And then for Jamaicans, you know, they always say that they think that we're all Rastafarians, smoke right. ganja, or weed all it's the not time. Even like and, that. and they think that all we want to do is war, 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 and that we're all loud and <laughs> we work 15 jobs and <laughs> all that stuff. And we got plenty, plenty children, even though sometimes that's true. Yeah. But <laughs> they think there's family so much out of wedlock and all this stuff same thing with the morality aspect of it with Africans they think the same thing with Jamaicans but um that's another type of stereotype that I live under when people know find out that I'm Jamaican and then to bring it all together people seem to think that it's very strange that an African woman well a Nigerian woman specifically and a Jamaican man who are able to come and commingle and create me <laughs> because people say that Nigerians and Jamaicans are two of the most polar opposites of each other, and they find it strange that my families were okay with that, which they weren't. But um, it's just like the thing that we have to live under, my family, they created their own ideals because people stereotype us so much. The Nigerian side they create the idea that since people don't think that we're educated, let's become doctors, let's become lawyers, let's show them how smart we can be, let's show them how we can conquer their own their own legal system, their own medical fields. We can conquer anything that Americans can conquer. Yeah. So it's a very hard standard to live up to. So my family alone, 
<laughs> created that whole deep job <laughs> lifestyle and they instill that on you from the age of two. So they're going to they tell you you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer without you even knowing what that is at that age. And then for my Jamaican side, they're very more so, they don't really care about the stereotypes, but they're aware of them. And they try to make it known that you can decide what you want to do, but you're not going to embarrass our family with what you, do, what you do decide to do. So it's kind of hard to satisfy them and try to satisfy the Nigerian side. And then another issue I struggle with is the fact that I'm a, a black woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have those stereotypes alone that we're loud, we're ghetto, we're aggressive, we're angry, we're egotistical, we hate every race, all that stuff about us. And then, you know, the whole um, equal pay gap. Automatically, being a black woman, you're already put into that subcategory of you don't get equal pay as males or even black males. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do they expect us to succeed when they already put us at the bottom of the the pool? There's really nothing for us to do. And then all these stereotypes based on your ethnicity make it even harder. So it's just like... um, this society, this societal norm of trying to get rich quick at such a young age and move your mom out of her house and buy her a bigger house and Everybody. buy yourself a house yep. own your own car. Isn't it so hard to, to, to live up to that standard when you're just trying to look for yourself? It's really scary, too, because you start to develop anxiety from it sometimes. You feel like at this age, you're supposed to have everything figured out. Here Mind you, you've only been this age one time. <laughs> this is the first time. I've been, I'm 22, so this is the first time I've ever been 22. I don't know about the rest of you guys that are 22, 23. I don't know how many times you've been that age. <laughs> I'm 22. So this is the first time I've ever encountered what I'm encountering. This is the first time I've ever opened up this part of my brain that I've opened up. This is the first time I've experienced many things that I'm experiencing. While some of us have gone through traumatic experiences at a young age that have caused us to grow up faster, it's still the fact that we've never experienced a lot of the things that we're going through now. So living with those problems and still trying to satisfy the ideals that, oh, I feel like I'm so behind, oh my God, look at my, my classmates. You're 25 with a damn Lamborghini. I'm 25. I'm 25 with a Honda Coupe. I'm 25 riding a bus. And that's okay. And being okay with that. Exactly. Exactly. Some of us ride the bike to school because that's true. We can afford a car, but it's like, I'd rather ride a bike. It's cheaper. Gets me more exercise. But it's more of a flashy thing as well. Our, our, um, our age generation really loves to be flashy with it. So they want you to know that they succeeded by seeing it, but they also want you to feel that they succeeded by trying to make you jealous. Mm-hmm. And it's, ugh, I hate it. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's exhausting. It is. It really is. It really is. And, and my person, I create personal goals for myself. Um, I'm pers- I'm in law school right now, and my goal for myself is to just get through it. I actually had a classmate who um who was really trying to get into my head, 
this is kind of law school. Everybody's going to try to get into my head for law school. They're just going to try to get me to say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm paying a lot of money to be here, so I'm finished. Yeah, it's finished. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> for a lot of you guys, if you do know, you are the basic general conception of law school is that it's competitive. You're right about that because a lot of people graduate from the top of their classes in law school. I did not graduate the top of my class. I would be honest with you guys. <laughs> I didn't even do good on my LSAT, but I thank you to the grace of the Lord. I made it to law school Woo-hoo! with dedication <laughs> and just exactly preservation and all that stuff. But um, my classmate was saying how this is a competition and you really need to fight to win basically that degree. You need to fight to want to get to that job that you want to get. And I was telling her, I'm like, you can look at it as a competition because I don't know what kind of mindset you have, but maybe if that helps you, you can go ahead and do that. But for me personally, if I look at it as a competition, like how I already have to look at life, Mm. I'm not going to do well at it because I'm always competing with everybody. I don't know these people. They don't know what I'm capable of. I know what I'm capable of. The only competition I should be in is with myself because I've never done this before. This is something new. I want to compete and show myself that I can do it. And that's the mindset that you just have to have in this society. Because if you don't have that mindset, you're going to always feel like you're failing. You're going to always feel like, oh my God, I'm not making it. I don't have a lot of time. Guys, we're only in our 20s. We have so much time. (laughs) We have so much time to do everything. If you realistically look at it, our parents didn't accomplish as much as we accomplished at the age that we're at now. My mom reminds me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like we just got to take a break and really live life because before we know it, we're not going to be able to enjoy the life that we work so hard to get to because we're going to still be competing with everybody else. Like you really need to um, reap what you, what, you, what you sow. Everything that you put into all the work that you're putting in, you need to be able to enjoy it. Enjoy the failure. Enjoy the success. Like Denzel said, Denzel Washington said, if you're going to fall back, make sure you fall forward. That's something that you have to remember because if you feel like personally you didn't hit that goal that you wanted to hit for that day, listen, even though you didn't hit that goal, there's still tomorrow. There's still the next day. Don't fall back and think that, oh, I have so much time to complete this goal. I'm, I, I need to finish it in this time period. I, I can't do it at all. I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it right now because I feel like it needs to get done. Do it when you feel that you're ready to do that stuff. Fall forward and know that you still have that mental capacity to just get through it. Don't let yourself fall victim to the way that society is just making our whole life play out for us. Literally, <laughs> we're allowing society to plan our lives for us because we're always competing with each other. We're supposed to help each other. We can't compete with our classmate who who has the biggest business. Shoot, you could ask him if he could join the business and help him. Okay. You could ask him if he could be his partner. You never know. Like, we're always competing and, and holding ourselves back from greatness, but there's really a lot that we can do. And that's something that I struggled with as a child, knowing because of the fact that my family literally would allow those stereotypes to affect them and some would choose to ignore them. But they would still implement those stereotypes on their kids 
and make sure that the kids knew, hey, listen, people see you as this, so you're not going to be that, but just make sure you know people see you as that. Yep. And it's, it's really hard. It's, it's a mental strain, and a lot of people don't know that. It's a mental strain for minorities in general, and that's why a lot of people don't realize that the suicide rate for minorities is so high because we feel like we can't talk to our families about our problems because they feel like it just doesn't exist for minorities. Minorities don't have depression. Minorities don't have anxiety. No, we do. <laughs> we just choose not to talk about it. <laughs> cycle. The cycle. Yeah. Yep. It's just a struggle. Do you have any like any experience with it as well? Because I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh yeah, every day. Like I, I don't know if you've seen, but on my Instagram, I've recently started like a mini book club, and I had a book recommended to me by a coworker, and it's called The Defining Decade, like why your twenties matter, and. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've only read the first part, but it's just, like, she talks about her different... She's a psychiatrist, so she talks about her different um, the different people that she meets, and they're all in their 20s, so they're all 20-somethings, and they're, like... Some of them are, like, even in the end of their 20s, where they're, like, oh, my gosh, I should have so much accomplished, and I'm, like, right now, I feel like that because I do want to have a, a nonprofit eventually, I do want to do my podcast consistently, you know, make something of it. I do want to start my YouTube. I do want to have a blog. Like, I do want to go out in the community and start something big. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, there are people even younger than me and, like, all these older people that have done it. And I was just like, I'm, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Even though yeah. I'm like, you know, I have to I have to slow down. And I know that the whole anxiety thing has hit me hard. It's hit me hard to the point where sometimes I doubt myself and I won't do it. And, like, there's a lot of this stuff that I've been talking about since I was a teenager, and I'm just now doing it as an adult because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, some people are really good at seeing that standard and keep pushing for it. But then the pe- there's other people that are, they shy away from it. They shy away from their potential because it does seem impossible to reach the stars, basically. But, yeah, yeah I'm definitely in that position where... I was going to take a year off from grad school and try to, you know, like find myself or something. (laughs) But I'm like, but then I'm back in the whole position of like, I can't even find a job with my bachelor's degree right now. Like why? And I'm like stressed out. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting my, my graduate degree. And I'm like, am I going to be able to find a job? Something that pays me well. Like I've everywhere I've looked, I, I can only find $12 an hour answering a phone. And I'm just like, I don't need a degree to do that. Like, I kind of want to use it. And I know you have to start from somewhere. And that's another issue for us, like, millennials, because we want immediate things instead of, like, working our yeah. way up, kind of. But it's just, like, back in the day, like, they they didn't have to do all this. They were a lot younger th- with us with less education. So that's another standard that's put on us. Like, you're educated. Get an education. Keep going to school. But, like, I don't have a job. <laughs> and I'm hoping like sometimes I kind of chill out my mom reminds me like just chill out it'll be okay it'll work out the way it's supposed to and that brings me back but then sometimes I do get really anxious and I'm like wow like I could be doing so much like there's all these people and they're doing so much and I'm not doing anything <laughs> and that's what I feel like sometimes so yeah I definitely yeah. it it definitely hits home <laughs> It really, it does. And that's a scary thing. Like what you said about 
taking a year off your undergrad. I took a year off as soon as I graduated, and it was just because I had graduated early, so I was like, one, law school doesn't start until fall, it's December, let me go ahead and study for this exam, let me go ahead and just get some work experience, let me just go ahead and cool down from all the work that I just did, let me get my mind together, let me experience things, let me meet people and all this stuff, and I'm actually really glad I did it because I was so sheltered as a kid that I was not able to develop the mindset that I have now. And I really do credit the mindset that I have now because of one of my friends, he's from Philadelphia. Um, He literally had to raise himself. So because he had to raise himself, he developed the mindset that you are what you can handle. Mm-hmm. If you can't handle it, then it's not for you. If you can handle it, then go a little harder. But he always has made me reach out of my comfort zone. So because I was so sheltered, everything was spoon-fed to me, given to me, and I just felt like I was so behind. <laughs> because it's so sad to think that I really was one of those people that was like, I don't have any struggle in my background. No, seriously. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. Like, it's so sad. So many people wish they didn't have a struggle. And I'm over here talking about, I don't have any form of a struggle in my background, so I cannot relate to you mentally. And I feel so behind. I didn't get my first job until I was 19 and a freaking junior in um, college. Mm. I was a junior in college at the age of 19, and I got my first job. When people, when you're not supposed to even be working, I was taking seven classes. I was working two jobs, and for what? Because I wanted to experience a struggle. Mind you, my mother struggled for me so that I wouldn't have to struggle. It took me being in the position I am now to realize my struggle was through my parents. My parents did the struggling for me so that I wouldn't have to go through what they went through. My grandparents did the struggling for me so that I wouldn't have to go through what they went through. Everyone in my circle went through their struggle for me so that I wouldn't have to go through what they went through. But I kept wanting to relate to people. I wanted to relate to people that were like, man... I had to help my mom when she was young, when I was younger, because I just had so many siblings, and I just, I was like, I had many siblings, and they're like, my mom didn't have a job. My mom had a job, so I can't relate, um, but my mom, she also, she didn't go to school, she had me when she was young. My mom had me when she was young, but not that young. <laughs> like, you know what she's going to Like, you're trying to relate for no reason. And these are people that wish they weren't going through what they were going through. Yeah. But it's just so sad because us kids that are sheltered just feel so mentally behind. And when we feel mentally behind, we place that anxiety on ourselves that we have to catch up. And then when we feel that we have to catch up, we put ourselves, we put restraint on ourselves. And we hold ourselves down. We hold ourselves back because we're like, I'm not catching up quick enough. I'm not catching up quick enough. Come on. You got to do something faster. You got to work harder. You got to get it now. Get it now. If you don't get it now, don't go. Don't get it at all. You don't get it now. Don't reach for it later. (laughs) You are preaching. No, seriously. I know. It's just, it's so crazy. And 
currently I'm in Orlando, Florida, for Boston, and the area here is terrible. <laughs> it's really? terrible. Yes, it's so terrible, but it motivates me. That's how bad it is. There are so <laughs> many homeless people here. There are so many druggies here. There are just so many people struggling here, and it motivates me to help them in the future. Yeah. I've always wanted to make, I've always wanted to do something for the homeless people, but I didn't know what it was for years. And it just hit me last week <laughs> what it was that I wanted to do. And I'll share this idea. I don't care if anybody does it before me, I'm still going to do it. But I, because I was raised in Far Rockaway, Queens, New York, if anybody's from there, Rockaway, <laughs> <laughs> the rock, y'all know what I'm talking about. But um, you know that area, you know how rough it is there, and you know the type of struggle that does go on there. So coming to Orlando and seeing this 10 times harder was an extreme wake-up call for me to be more grateful for as far as, I, as I've gotten, because sometimes I'm so unappreciative of where I've got, like of where I am now, that I'm unable to be happy with it. Mind you, there's people that are living on the streets, <laughs> like right. 10 miles away from me, under bridges, and it's raining here, and I'm in shelter, and I'm complaining that I haven't gotten far. These people are older than me, younger than me, not in control of their life at all. So something that I really want to do is I want to be my own Steve Jobs, <laughs> but I want to help the homeless people and develop a building that's at least five stories high, and it has plenty of room. It's going to be a homeless shelter, but it's going to be something different. I want the homeless people to be able to work inside of that shelter, make their own money, fund their own lifestyle living in that shelter. There's going to be its own rules. There's going to be its own system. But I haven't seen anything where the homeless people work in the building that they live and I don't want them to feel like they are being held back the same way that I felt that I was being held back because of my my colleagues, you know what I mean? Yeah. These people are physically, financially held back because of their personal choices. I'm held back because of my mental choices. If I can fix myself to fix and help other people, that can just inspire a lot. It's just... It, it'll be more satisfying to me knowing that I can help people that can't really help themselves and knowing that it wasn't in competition with someone else. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really, it's just really crazy how 2018 and any, any year after this is still going to be the same. It's still going to feel the same way, but it's just the way that we take it on. Like, you're still going to always feel like you're behind and all this stuff, but you just got to realize how far you've come. Yeah. That's really all that it's about. And it just took me, took me till now to really realize that and to really appreciate it. And it's really a game changer. Once you get in that mindset, can't nobody stop you. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I'm, that's why I created this whole podcast. I do want to have conversations with people because you only learn through what you hear from your peers and you know it ultimately ultimately it takes you to act on it but just seeing that you're not alone you're not the only one that experiences this something you can learn from so that you don't have to like you said like create a struggle for yourself when you don't like you don't need to do that it's all mental (laughs) so 
<laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that you came and talked like this because I didn't even know. Like, I know you through other friends, but I relate to you so much. Like, just this little conversation, like, even being sheltered or, you know, privileged. And you don't yep. even realize that you're holding yourself back because you want to struggle like somebody else when that's not it. Like, it's not it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but thanks so much for talking. Thank you for having me. Do you have anything else you want to leave with the people? Um, I think the biggest thing that I really want everybody to know, maybe you too, is just... I, I love Denzel Washington, so I'm going to go ahead and give you like, <laughs> a Denzel quote because you know Denzel is speaking the truth. But I just want you to know, don't aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference. Your difference can become your living. Just want everybody to remember that. Whether you're going into high school, college, grad school, like Morgan and I. <laughs> but just always remember that. Don't aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference. Because your difference it can become your living. Thank you. So, you're very welcome. It was good talking to you all. I hope you guys can really, like, help develop your mindset more and really just focus on you because who can be you but you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much. All right, you guys, you heard it here. I'll I'll tag Ty on Instagram if that's okay. Yep, that's good. Uh, you guys can follow her. I'm sure if you have any questions, me or her can answer on your journey. But thanks so much. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Yeah.